This is Jamal. This is your boy, Adrian. Yo, this is Michael. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Jam. Welcome back to The Daily Jam. It is your boy Jamal, Adrian, and Michael, and we are back with another session. What's going on, fellas? Yes, sir. Listen, last session, last episode, we talked about teens and advocacy and how organizations should be getting teens involved. So if you missed that, please go back, check it out. Check out all the others as well. And if you're not following us on social media, please follow us at T Daily Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes, sir. So what's going on, fellas? What's on your mind? Man, that's a good question. I think uh, I should go first since the last episode, Adrian cut me off. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we ran out of time. You always told us to be mindful of the time. I I don't think you did that on purpose. You were not watching the clock. You intentionally went over and talked more about Jamal's whatever was on his mind. Lies. No, that's actually did what happened. That, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> it ran. It I was going to say something else, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but anyway, what's on my mind? I mean, finally, spring decided to come around. Why in the hell was winter so damn long this year? Global warming, <laughs> climate change. <laughs> According to the Republicans, there's no such thing. Do you hang out with him? No, I don't actually personally know any. I just watch them on TV a lot. <laughs> Shout out to all was, of my Republican it, was, friends. But the, my question would be, or response to that is, was spring really was spring really sh- uh, short? I mean, uh, it took longer to get here, or are we just kind of used to that? We just get so tired of winter that it just felt longer. No, it, felt, it seemed like it felt colder. Well, like even in Atlanta, like we had weather that we are generally not accustomed to. And so we had some below freezing days. Which shut the city down. No, not this year, because we didn't have no rain or ice <laughs> or anything. We didn't. Yeah, we know y'all can't handle you know, that. No, that was, that, was the last, the that was the last administration. This administration with my love, um, the Honorable Mayor <laughs> Keisha Lance Bonham Sanders um, did a great job. I don't think um, her husband managing. would appreciate you changing her last day like that. What did what did I do? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> um, she married. I can't be crushing on married I thought people. You just said your love. We, we just talked about this not too long ago when we attended the screening. Remember way back when when we attended the screening of Little and she was there. That's right. Yeah. But well, no dude, that was her security. Her dude went with her. I mean, you didn't approach her, so I follow her on Instagram a lot. She, of course, she's married. She just did. She just had an anniversary. Really? Shout out to the mayor and her anniversary. Are they happy? (laughs) 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 All right. So, yeah, winter was too, it felt like it was too long. It felt like a scorned. Well, I think that for me, this is one of the, this was, this winter didn't feel as bad because I happened to do a lot of travel and my travel took me to Louisiana a lot. So I didn't get a chance to experience like the true Midwest or East Coast winter that I'm normally accustomed to. So it was bad. I mean, Chicago, Chicago were, was colder. It was, yeah, Chicago was colder than, than like ever Alaska in history. And Antarctica. It was, it was crazy. 40, like, it didn't get down to 40 below or something? Yeah. Yeah. Those, the Midwest, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, I do remember like the polar vortex yep. and then the freezing <clears throat> temperatures. Yeah, I forgot. We, yeah, that, that is we had a polar bear? Polar vortex, man. What's a vortex? Is that like a big bear? It's astrology. Move on. 
or meteor allergy, one of those. Two. <laughs> it's one of those allergies. It's a, is it a Virgo or a, a <laughs> it's cancer? One, it's, one of, it's one of those allergies. Look it up. Google it. <laughs> is it? What's is it a Pisces? <laughs> it's Gemini. It? So all, for all of the science buffs out there, please. Anyway, the don't, sh- don't send me any hate. Who's me. next? So what's, what's on my mind today? Given the fact that we're going to be talking about money. Uh, I wanted to know why are Jordans so expensive, given the fact that they are so uncomfortable to wear? Like, why do we spend so much money on a pair of shoes that that aren't even comfortable? Uncomfortable for who? Uncomfortable for me or anyone else that wears them. You don't wear Jordans for comfort. You wear Jordans for style or status, I would say. I would even venture to say. I thought they were supposed to be worn to play basketball in. Of course, originally. Originally, but people people don't wear their Jordans to play basketball now. Do they? they don't. I don't know. I've never owned a pair, so I wouldn't know. Me either. I thought I was the only black man that had never had a pair of Jordans. <laughs> yeah, like, I've I never literally owned did. a pair of Jordans. I've never bought a pair. But you've had a pair. I've had a pair. Why are they so expensive? Jordans have never touched these feet. <laughs> I should show the audience my feet. Let's the magic not do of that. podcasting. <clears throat> and, um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what has. <laughs> Fendi has touched his feet. <laughs> He used to be a loyal Gucci supporter until T.I. said, don't. That is untrue. Wait, what Tell me you didn't have a Gucci bag. And that's true. Do. Actually, when but we did a photo Gucci shoot supporter. to promote the Daily Jam podcast, when we first started out, we did have a photo shoot, and he did have those weird-looking shoes on, right? Aren't those Gucci shoes? Yeah, they had eyes. No, they're not. No, they were Fendi. They were Fendi, <laughs> but they had eyes on them. <laughs> because my feet need to know where it's going. That's why y'all be walking blind all the time. How did you come up with that? Like, my feet, you didn't know where they're going? Because I'm a genius. (laughs) Text thread. (laughs) Are we ever going to tell our viewing audience or listening audience what text thread means? Oh, no. I mean, (laughs) yeah, someday. It's just, it's called, you know, we use text thread because we are the text thread. So that's a reference to go back and look at the text thread. It's a code name we have given each other when someone, one of us has said something that the other two <laughs> <laughs> seriously question. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. That's a good way I to say I don't know. It. But, you know, the other, other thing about Jordan, too, um, not only are they way too expensive, but, um, yeah, they keep re-releasing the same shoe. But speaking of shoe deals or shoes, yeah, there was a recent story also, kind of along on similar lines, um, about um, Beyonce and Reebok. Did y'all see that story a while back where um, Reebok wanted to do a deal with Beyonce for promotional and advertising and even coming with products? Uh, uh-huh. And she went into the boardroom and actually she declined the deal um, because there was a lack of diversity uh, in the room. What do y'all think about that? I thought that was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, that was I'm dope. Like, go be. That was dope. Yeah, I mean, I think think that's what, um, you know, celebrities and entrepreneurs really need to do to kind of push uh, the envelope around diversity forward, you know, is that they have a choice in who they want to kind of partner with and do some work with around um, their products and their new lines and things like that. And so I think that that was a great job for Beyonce. I think it was a huge misstep for Reebok. I mean, if you have listened to any Beyonce song in the last three years, you knew that, you know, the culture is really, really important to her. And so for them not to recognize that and prepare for that in advance. Prepare uh, how those prepare and go out and well, hire a whole bunch of token diverse no, staff. Or? But you got to think they worked with Kanye <laughs> for a short bit and Kanye walked away. Mm-hmm. So you oh, thought my. they would have learned their lesson. Right. Right. Oh, is that Yeezys, one of the reasons he walked away? Because the Yeezys were originally under Reebok. Oh, yeah. 
So, hmm. so Jamal, what's on your mind today, man? Mine is real simple. I just wish it's, you know, it's 2019. Where's the teleportation devices? Travel is a lot, especially when you have to drive. <laughs> just wish you could just get there. Please. I'm just saying. I mean, the Jetsons did it. I ain't gonna lie the Jetsons was a shit I used to like that show as a kid and I used to hope that by the time I was an adult we would be there exactly yeah science has failed me can someone please fill our listening audience in on the Jetsons or especially young people or even young people because they would have no idea what the Jetsons are unless you have Boomerang the network the cartoon uh, network where they show all the classic cartoons from like the 70s but what would you normally say Adrian normally say what Google it thank you (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And young people know Google how to it. Google. Speaking of Google, um, I wish I had stock in it, one. But number two, <laughs> my kids, when they were teens, they used to tell me all the time when I would ask them a question, they would say, Dad, you're no longer allowed to ask us easily Googleable questions. Yeah, it has become a verb. Yeah. And, and then, you know, I would say, okay, that's fine. Next time you need money, ask Google. <laughs> <laughs> or back in the day, ask Jeeves. Y'all remember that? On the internet oh my gosh, yeah. I do, yeah. <laughs> like, who's Jeeves? <clears throat> that reminds me of that. Wasn't that a character in Men in Black? Mm-hmm. That's what I always yeah. think of when I hear that term. But speaking of cultures and millennials, when we come back, did you know? Stick around. <laughs> For sticking with us here at the Daily Jam. Fellas. Yes. What's going on? And this week's Did You Know segment. Did you know that millennials are the most entrepreneurial generation out there? I can believe it. Yeah. I absolutely believe it. I think millennials it- don't want to work for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to work for anybody. That's oh, right. I am a millennial. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's actually pre- uh, predicted that Gen Z is actually going to surpass uh, the millennials when it comes to entrepreneurship. And, and I so think- there are more entrepreneurs who, or more uh, millennials who have started businesses, created businesses and opportunities than any other generation in the past. And I think it's that amazing. That it's attributed to technology. Like the access to technology and the ability to do stuff right away without a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Take an idea, push it out there, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to figure out is that, you know, which generation has um, earned, like, the most money. You know, we just kind of came back to the song by the OJs, money, 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 money. Um, I wonder if the millennials have, you know, earned or will, you know, earn more than any other generation. I think so, because even when you look at, you know, the Rockefellers, you know, and, and steel. Yeah. You know, I mean, Rockefeller Records. It's the rock in the building. <laughs> he still got money. Um, like right. Money. The Rockefellers are still eating off of. Yeah. Those spoils, really right? Are. So you got to talk about that's generational wealth. Right. You got the steel industry, the coal industry. Um, probably not as much, but it's still being still being used. Um, they didn't. They, weren't they in railroad too? Yeah, they were yeah. in railroad too. So. I mean that that's that's the definition of long money yeah. when you think about the Rockefellers. Um, but 
the value of money has increased since then too. Would you say? Do I like inflation? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think so. You take someone like the Rockefellers, you put them in 2019. Yeah. Like. That's true. They're overtaking Amazon. <laughs> well, I don't. If you think about it. I don't know. I, I guess. Um, so I guess, yeah, it depends on if, if money is considered worth more or less today than in the 19th century, because definitely the price of things have kind of gone yeah. up. And so I don't know how much their money that in, in the 19th century would be really worth today. 19th, early 20th century mm-hmm. would be actually worth today. So it kind of depends. I don't know, man. The Rockefellers still got money. <laughs> they, they, still, right, they still, they got, still got money. And they will have money forever. I, I, what I think in terms of like entrepreneurs and the millennials to our did you know uh, top question is, I think about all those tech companies that started um, right at the beginning of the internet bubble mm-hmm. and all the, the massive amount of wealth that they've built um, in a, such a short amount of time, which took, you know, Family, uh, previous families, uh, generation, generation to, get, to, yeah. to build, and now it's almost instantaneous in mm. comparing it to, to that. So, like yeah. Howard Schultz when he started Starbucks, or um, Steve Jobs when he started Apple, Bill Gates, you know, him and Paul Allen at Microsoft, mm-hmm. uh, all those tech companies who's at Mark Zuckerberg now and, and Facebook. I know Tom from MySpace is somewhere scratching his head, like it was my idea first. I had the idea for communities first, right? You know, right. Online communities. Um, and don't forget whoever created Black Planet. Uh, was it Black Planet or Black People Meet? Which, oh, Black, it was Planet. Black Planet. Yeah, Black I, Planet. Black I had Planet. a Black Planet page. Yeah. You, you say you still do? I don't know. I mean, I haven't logged into it in, well, since college. So my question, though, is why do you know about Black People Meet? Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to wear black in it. The no, same no, way no, he I'm knows all about, about the culture. All things black. We'll the same, forever. same way he knows about the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning watching yeah. BET to even, <laughs> to even see that commercial. Uh, but I think the thing that fascinates me most about that is that, you know, while this generation uh, gets a lot of flack for. Uh, definitely being different from the generations pre, uh, previous, um, they have kind of created, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of jobs for um, folks. And so I think that that's really interesting, you know, when you kind of talk about uh, their entrepreneurial spirit uh, that has kind of been created. And, and I would wages. like to say that even though I am not a millennial, my daughter is a millennial. Um, and so my generation raised this generation to be the great generation that they are. So yes, I take credit. You're welcome, millennials. I knew, welcome. I knew he was going to try to take credit for something. <laughs> There's a great book out there called The $100 Startup, and it's by a guy named uh, Chris Gillibu, uh, who talks about taking $100 and investing in an idea or project that you have, and he gives tips and tools. So I would encourage you all out there to read it. Uh, but more importantly, I encourage you to buy that book and share it with the team. I share it with a young person to kind of get their uh, mental juices flowing to see what type of ideas that they had that have kind of been stirring in there and see if you can even kind of help them get it off the ground. Yeah, okay. it can change their life. All right, fellas. All right, so we're about to move into our topic of the day. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the Daily Jam. Now, 
as we dive into talking about teens and money, first question is, what age should teens be given an allowance? What do you guys think? I think it depends on the situation. So I say, I don't know, we had an at-length discussion about this during our pre-production meeting. Uh, I think that teens should be given an allowance uh, based on what the parents think. So um, there was a study, or not a study, there was a rep uh, paper produced by a, a private agency in New York where they actually broke it down um, zero to two, um, and then I believe like five to seven, no, I'm sorry, five to seven, eight to 10, 12, 10 to 12, and then, you know, it went on up there in terms of the amount of money per week that young people started. And it started off at like $2 a week and it went all the way up to $50 a week. Um, and that that fifty dollars a week. That's exactly what 50, I said. Seven fifty. And the money was not to be used for basic services, needs, and transportation. That, that that allowance was allocated for the youth to spend on whatever they wanted to. So I really just think it depends on each household. Who wrote that article? I can't tell no, you. It, who, it's private agency. He's it's a, a private agency. Yeah, a private I, agency I saw it from my own eyes. Yeah. And, and, and it's, that's a, it's not a signed some contract. Class. It's, <laughs> no, it is a signed document. Yes. The foster parent signs it and the worker signs it. This is an oh, agreement. For a foster care agency? Yes. Yeah, for a private agency. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> receiving I remember receiving an allowance. It wasn't a really, it was not an allowance in the terms of allowance, but every uh, when I was younger when I first came in the system, uh every Sunday, uh, we went to church, I would get a $2 bill. Uh, for going to church? Just, I think it wasn't going for church. I think it was for behaving in church. <laughs> did you, did you, how much did you have to give to the Lord? None. <laughs> John 3.16, don't say bring all the No, John 3.16 says you give to the Lord 18 and above. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. No, the Bible says be a cheerful, cheerful giver. giver. <laughs> I'm a cheerful giver. I cheerfully give unto myself and to others. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be honest with y'all, fellas. I, you know, I don't know that I believe in the concept of allowance. I guess it depends on how, how one utilize. defines it. You know, that you like. I do think that um, teaching young people uh, skills about money, how to use it at a very early age, is something that is definitely necessary that we need right. to kind of do as parents. Um, but if if the allowance is not tied to their ability to earn it, I think I, I, I struggle with that. Like, I don't think that you should give a kid, whether it's two dollars a week or fifty dollars a week, simply because right. you know, I you, think that they. What's your thoughts on uh, which is uh, the case in most homes about allowance for performance in school? tied to grades. And I, think, I think that that's fine. You know, that's one of the things that I actually use, you know, because, you know, my children, when they were too young to work, um, school was their job. That was kind of our model. And so you do well in school, you can actually earn uh, money. And so they're, they're looking at it and they're kind of working towards something. And so you're kind of putting that mindset that I'm not just giving you money or somebody's not giving you money because that's not the reality. You just don't get money just because. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how we operate. Um, you know, when you do your chores, you get an allowance. But guess what? See, like, I didn't do that for, for chores because, shit, you're the one who messed it up. <laughs> like, I mean, that, that's like right. a responsibility for living in a house. Things need to be clean. So I'm not going to pay you for cleaning your room. Damn it, you're the one who messed it up. <laughs> well, no. Well, wait a minute. Room, it's just about, it's just one, what about communal spaces that everybody right. uses? Like yes. kitchens, well, bathrooms, every, room, living rooms. rooms. Yeah. Rooms aren't in that. Even so, I mean, like, you know, that's the whole part of living here. I pay, I pay the mortgage. 
You don't pay shit. So at least you can do <laughs> is you can wash up. them damn dishes. <laughs> I bought the food. I cooked the food. Damn it, wash the dishes. The views and opinions expressed by Michael Sanders are those of Michael Sanders. <laughs> damn straight. But, but, he, but he has a point. He has a point. Um, but I. But the, yes, the rooms we don't we don't pay for rooms. But here's the thing. Even if we did, they wouldn't get paid because they don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's they and, don't have an incentive. Because that's right. and that's what that's what we where we are now. Like we've started, we've stopped, we started, we stopped. You know, they complain that they don't have money to do things at school. And I'm like, well, what are you doing around the house? You ain't doing shit. So guess what? No money. And even when it comes to grades, because my sister and when you ain't and, and the fellas gonna learn when you ain't got no money, you don't get no honey. <laughs> do we even say that anymore? Like, do we really? Like, is That's that his even age a phrase? Coming out. That's his age coming out. <laughs> Look, uh, I am speaking for some of the folks in our audience that relate to that type of. That are 50 and above? Talk. <laughs> yeah. That still says jive turkey. <laughs> no, that would be a little bit older. <laughs> I, I think that it really depends on each individual household. I think that uh, providing a young person and teaching them about the value of money, whether it's tied to allowance or other things, and we'll get a little bit, get into that a little bit deeper than that. Um, but I do think that it's a good start to start introducing young people to the, the, the importance of money, because let's face it, money is how, what makes the world go round. Well, that and work ethic. I don't know because well I know work ethic is a part of we'd like work ethic to be that but I don't think I don't I think money is even above work ethic because there are tons of people who get paid to do nothing who don't have a good work ethic. Lie. You got a point because you you told us a story about mm-hmm. someone who um, is in in this industry that does little to nothing but gets paid like a lot of money. Um, but I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I think that that is so. So you know, when you when you talk about money, I think that you. I mean, I don't know that's different. I think that um, pay definitely is kind of unequal. You know, when it kind of comes to work, some people will work value um, working with your mind or creativity more so than working hard physically. And right. so, a person who um, may clean a house or clean a hotel room or pick up trash on the streets may not be what they do may not be valued as much as somebody who thinks and creates and um, you know those types of things so you mean like uh, manual labor versus you know blue collar versus white collar yeah absolutely right. yeah. but I think that it's it's interesting though uh, especially uh, when things go wrong uh, those who work in manual labor or do a lot of essential services that we kind of don't value until that service is interrupted mm-hmm. um, Very and true. so uh, I have always um, as since Ever since I grew up on a, our foster home, my very first foster home where I was the only foster kid, manual labor was always important because we lived on a huge, huge farm. And it was just the three of us um, and some family members uh, who lived in other uh, houses on the property. But also he was a construction worker and she was a teacher. So that blue collar mentality about worth ethic and always taking care of the house and taking care of your family was instilled early. I now work in an industry where I don't do as much manual labor as I used to. But when I first started off as a team, my very first job was extreme manual labor because I worked in the service industry. I worked in a restaurant. Um, And so when you tie that concept to value and money, uh, you don't start off making a lot of money, but let that service get interrupted and you just... Just, you find out just how valuable those who work in manual label um, are. Mm-hmm. So let's let's 
t- switch kind of switch gears and let's say you are allowing your kid to get you giving your child allowance. They're we earning. Say, they're earning they're money. Earning. Yes, they're let's money. change the next. They're earning allowance. Mm-hmm. How much, or should they be required to save money? And if so, how much? I don't think they should be required to save money. <laughs> I just, I just. Jeez. <laughs> I think, that, and we've talked about this. All the listeners, you know this. Come on now, stay with your brother for a second. We have talked about the fact over these last few episodes that the teen brain is not designed for long-term thinking as of now. There are many cases where they are. There are many cases where, you know, that happen, uh, happens. But for the most part, teens live in an instant gratification world because that's just the way their brains are wired at this current present time. So to have the expectation or standard or, you know, a requirement that they save their money, um, I think is Unrealistic. Now, I'm not saying that in all cases, but for the most part, I don't think teens should be required to save money. I think that it's their money, if they've earned it, that they could, they should be able to spend it on what they want to. Because also the other mentality, I don't believe that we should be kind of instilling adult value lessons just as of yet. And kind of, I, I think I kind of struggle with that aspect of, I need to teach you about money, you need to pay me rent, because I need to teach you about the real world. And it kind of takes away from the adolescence a little bit. <laughs> Michael's face right now. <laughs> Y'all can see it. But, <laughs> so I, I kind of, okay, Jamal, so please this, this get this man together before I, I, I this is, and even when you bring brain development into it, I think it's our job to create those those connections, those experiences, because saving and good money management is a learned skill. So I'm kind of for the the earlier you start, the better they'll be in the long term. Now, are they going to make decisions and try to spend some of that money they saved? Yes, they're still they're still children. They're still youth. What if that so money's let, not let me, there? Let, let me ask you this, Adrian. If Uh-oh. if <laughs> really, I have two questions gotcha. for you. <laughs> the first one is that if if someone if if when you were ten years old or whenever you started earning an allowance or getting an allowance, right. if someone would have made you put away ten percent or whatever, fifteen percent, and then even invest that, yeah. would you be at a better place financially today? And would you appreciate that today? I would be in a better. Yes, in the short, okay. the short answer is okay. yes. Okay, all right. The next question yeah. is, is that because, I mean, I think you, you yeah. make really valid points. I think yeah. you're absolutely right when it comes to the brain. Um, they are definitely living in the moment. Um, however, we know that they're yeah. going to, in most cases, live past that moment, and right. their brain is going to develop, and they are going to start kind of thinking differently. And so we're kind of preparing them for that point in time, not necessarily where they are now. So for, for using your logic yep. around... Um, not making kids save because they choose not to. They want to choose how to. Could we also use that same logic if a kid didn't want to go to school? Because a lot of kids don't want to go to school. Yeah, I mean, you open up a Pandora's box, and you could you could say that a lot about say that by a lot of things. But kids' only requirement <laughs> is to breathe, eat, and sleep. Like anything outside of that. I think is a beholden upon the parents to instill. He forgot shit. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I don't cuss. Because. John 3.16 says thou shalt not cuss. It's one of the commandments. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that everything outside of that, outside of you know that part, is instilled by our environment and those that are raising us. So, so when you talk about school, if school is not, if that the importance of that is not stress. 
then no, I don't think they should be required to school. Now, let me, let me finish it because I, that would be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is if you strip away that and make it the bare bones, society has said education is important. Therefore, kids must be made to school. However, that has not always been the thing. My, my grandmother has a third grade education. She actually stopped going to school because she was required to go work in the fields. And so education has not always been paramount, especially among uh, brown and minority communities. So when you say they should, should they not, should they have a choice of not going to school? I think they, they have a choice of going to school, but that's because we have conditioned them to say education is important. That's how, and that's how you're going to get ahead in life. So, I mean, but in, as it relates to money, I still think that there has to be better ways to be. And the reason why I say that is because who's to say that that money is going to be there when they reach that point in time? There's no guarantee that that money is going to be there. We'd like it to be. We'd like to say based on the annual percentage yield and based on, you know, compound interest and interest issue and interest debt, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that by the time you reach 35, you should have a quarter, blah, 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 blah. But there's still no guarantee about that either. And so when you compare that to the way a young person thinks, like, wait a minute, if I have the opportunity to spend this 20 bucks now or put this 20 away and hope that it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's no, guarantee, yeah. there's no guarantee that anybody's going to live to tomorrow. So should, they, right. so should teens just party? I mean, why go to that's school? Another, that's, another, no, that's another episode, <laughs> Michael. And for the record, uh, there are laws that says if a child is short from school for so many days that parents go to jail. They're, they're, right. There's no, there's no law about making so, money and investing. So yeah. That means you and your wife should be at risk of an <laughs> orange jumpsuit. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> We've gotten a letter. <laughs> oh, shit. We've gotten a letter. We've got, and, you know, we talked to our, our oldest child because he is a chronic uh, class jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 add up, it adds up. But we also said, listen, you missed so many more days of school and yeah. you will be back. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I mean, I, I definitely hear what, what Adrian is saying. And I think that his points uh, definitely has some validity to it. I, I think I there has to be a balance. I think that if we could come up with a way to encourage investment while at the same time also encouraging young people well, to make the money and spend it on some of the things that they want or desire or something. It's the same way that we do with adults. We, it's, it's not like the majority of society has a lot of money and it just has it all stored away. I mean, the, the, the studies constantly show the average American has less than a thousand dollars saved in a bank Ooh. i mean it's just i mean that's just a fact ladies and gentlemen listen to our podcast raise your hand if you're an average american (laughs) 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 um yeah you know but i i I do think that a parent's job is is to parent you know and i think that you know your strategy or your approach uh in working with young people um you know can is what will determine whether or not you the young person will be successful when it kind of comes to mind i think that when you start early so you know you there's sometimes there's some things that you just don't give children decisions over and this to me you know when i was a child when i was when my children were younger they didn't have a decision and so it kind of built it and so it, it became something that was very normal um for them you know and so i didn't have to convince them by the time that they were teens they saw the value because they were doing it as a young person, uh, you know, or much younger. So I think that it, it definitely is harder to start with a 15, 16 year old who wants to spend their entire McDonald's check on a pair of Jordans or whatever else is cool today um, versus to kind of see them um, versus when you, you know, kind of talk about, you know, hey, if you can bear, buy a pair of Jordans, you can also buy a stock. Yeah. And that, very, Jordan, very you true. know, and actually 
own a part of the company. And so when those lessons kind of start very early in life, they begin to kind of value that. And I think that's where we're kind of missing it, uh, particularly in some of our um, some of our communities with with our kids. Well, when you just look at child welfare, um, you know, we're charging or kind of expecting foster parents to help with that lift, the lift of teaching the kids that are that come through their home about money. And we aren't taking into account that they might not be that financially savvy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many of us aren't and, and weren't. I mean, you know, I, I'd, I wish that I knew what I know now about yes. finances when I was a teenager. Absolutely. I, you even know. younger, though. I, I, I think that we were having a great discussion in, in our pre-production meeting about this. Some of the lessons that you, know, you have mentioned or lessons that I've learned from other folks and mentors is that I think that if the earlier you start, the better. Um, because you didn't become conditioned to not to not give it a second thought, and it doesn't seem like a hassle or a chore. So if you, and even to your example about starting at 15 years old in your McDonald's check, if you've been saving or had the concept of saving since you were eight, nine, ten years old, once you start making real money, it's really like second nature. So you don't you don't it doesn't seem like you're just putting away a lot of money, you know, not to spend. It's just something that becomes second nature to you. So I, I do actually, you know, listeners out there, I actually do agree with Michael. <laughs> and, and this pre-production meeting that he keeps mentioning, I usually don't attend those because I'm, <laughs> I'm one take hold. I'm real at this rapping, you know, but they out of practice. And he also has socks that says, fuck this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that is a misquotation of what my socks actually say, but it, it's. It's close. <laughs> they actually said this meeting is bullshit, but <laughs> which is why he doesn't show up. But anyway, one, one more thing before Last we, question. you know, yeah, talk about uh, or, or leave this particular topic. Well, I think it might be helpful to help folks to think about how can they save and invest. So let's say they are convinced that saving and investing is a good thing, you know, and to begin to teach young people that. But maybe they haven't really kind of done it, or maybe they're struggling. There's, like you said, Adrian, uh, the average American has less than a thousand dollars saved up, which means that you know they're probably living paycheck to paycheck. Absolutely, and they're one crisis very, away from financial ruin. That's right. Yeah, so it makes it difficult to find places to, um, you know, money to save or invest. Any tips that we can give folks to where they can kind of find extra money? Uh, yeah, well, especially for uh, young people, I think that uh, one of the ideas that uh, we were talking about is to begin to pay yourself outside of your um, normal job and, or your normal uh, savings. And so what I mean by that is if there are some uh, ideas out there that you had about this next business, this next venture, or just even saving up for this vacation, to start setting aside money that there are tons of apps out there that allow you to plug in a goal, how much that goal is worth in terms of it's a vacation, if it's this expensive pair of shoes that you want, if it's this shopping spree or whatever the case may be, you can set the app up where they take all your extra spare change and put it away in an account. Uh, you can set it to where they just take a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there, and then by the time you go back and check in like six months to a year, you've saved up quite a bit of money. And that's out. That's different from an investment because you actually can see it um, week to week or uh, month to month, however you set up the settings. The other thing for our caseworkers and child welfare professionals out there helping young people, um, I think it's all about sitting down with that young person and having conversations and probing their brain about some ideas that they have about um, how to get jobs um, in the neighborhood. 
So this concept of mowing lawns, uh, shoveling snow, all those type of things, that uh, uh, coming up with ideas, all that stuff has not gone by the wayside. It is still done on a fairly uh, a lucrative amount. And so I think it's just having those conversations with young people and kind of probing their mind and see what, you know, how do they want to make money. All right. Other thoughts. I, I, I definitely think that it's going to take, you know, sacrifice. I think that, you know, wherever you are and wherever you, um, your, your level of income, it's definitely going to kind of take sacrifice. And I think that as um, adults, particularly, we have to kind of be willing to kind of sacrifice where we are now to get to where we ultimately want to be. Um, and, you know, we're kind of used to that. We've done it before. You know, we've sacrificed time and gone to school or training or um, vocational school or something to get something that will put us in a better place, you know, later on. And so I think, you know, same thing is true with um, finances. Just about everyone that I've met, um, you know, has the ability to uh, save or to invest. Um, sometimes they may have to kind of find that money. And so, you know, if you listen to any of the financial gurus, the Dave Ramseys, the Susie Ormans and things like that, uh, they have a lot of really, really, you know, good tips that um, does require sacrifice, you know, fights. And so they want you to be poor to become rich. <laughs> you almost have to be, you know, but if you're already a couple years, if you're already right? poor anyway, then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, I think the problem is many of us actually as Americans do live above our means or at least right there at our means. And so we have to kind of reduce some of uh, our unnecessary expenses. And so one of the ones Susie Ormans always talks about, because this is very true for, you know, anywhere from lower to upper middle class folks. Um, a lot of people buy a Starbucks every day on their way to work, you know, and that's five or six bucks. That ends up being about 300 bucks a month. One of the things, uh, tips that I uh, got when my kids were young and the kids hated it initially, but it turned out to be something really good was that they said that you can save $1,500 a year by simply not for a family of four who normally eats out however many times a month, I can't remember what it was, but you know, you can still eat out, but instead of getting a soda that it's often $2.50 per person, you would just get water for everyone, you know, or if you wanted to bring soda in your purse or something like that. Oh my God. <laughs> but just by not buying sodas, um, you're saving your family about $1,500 every single year. And uh, I did that and was able to kind of take my kids on nice vacations uh, and, and things like that. So I think that, you know, there are things that um, we all kind of spend money on that maybe we should think about for six months, for a year, for two years, not spending money on to uh, at least begin to start the concept around uh, finding money to save and or invest. I'm not so giving Mike, my Starbucks. So Mike just admitted to putting soda in his Bag. No, I don't have a purse. I don't have a bag. No, but but the, the actual benefit, in addition to saving all that that money, is that my children today, who are in their early twenties, don't drink soda. They drink water. You know, um, not only when they go Those out to restaurant, they, they drink alcohol too. They drink, my daughter is a big wine drinker, um, um, but they they you know get water instead of soda, and so. Um, you know, it, it's actually more healthy for you. You know, we know the benefits of water, and oftentimes many of us don't drink enough of it. So Isn't it actually water? had a. It's made of water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it, it it's is. With and a whole lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think so. Most sodas uh, have like two grains of sugar less than diabetes. I think two more grains, it would be. Oh <laughs> People would have the sugar. Before we go completely off rails, uh, Michael um, had shared with us this great um, 
philosophy or mindset when it comes to thinking about money. And we want to give, uh, give you just a preview of that. And we're going to dive deeper into that in, a, in another episode. Yes. So in an upcoming episode about money, because as you know, that we have not, we've just really scratched the surface about this particular topic. Um, we want to kind of get into a couple of things that are a little bit deeper. One is what's the purpose of money? You know, and I think that people uh, use money differently based on their mindset. And there are three major mindsets. And so you want to make sure that you look for the next episode that we actually talk about money. It'll probably be next season. Uh, but you want to kind of look for that because we are going to talk about and go into detail about the three mindsets of money, which really talks about um, kind of the purpose of money, how we view money, how we use money, uh, things like that. The, we're also going to kind of get a little bit deeper into the question, does money or can money make you happy. And so we have some interesting commentary uh, on that and definitely want to kind of hear some of your thoughts around that as well. Awesome. Right. So look forward to that upcoming uh, episode about uh, going more in depth about money. Coming up, we're going to do the unpopular opinion. You don't want to miss this. Stick around. You're listening to The Daily Jam. I was born to flex. Yes. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like more than sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the money. I don't really need to be any the money. All a bad bitch need is a I got pants in the coop Bussin' out the roof I got pants in the coop Hello, Jam listeners. If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast, imagine if you heard it live and in person. That's right. The Daily Jam does more than educate and entertain you here on your favorite podcast streaming services. We offer keynote presentations, workshops, training and consulting services, you can find out more information and get in contact with us on our website at www.the220exp.com. That's www.the220exp.com. Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at TDailyJam. Now, back to the show. All right, folks, welcome back into the Daily Jam. And today's unpopular opinion is brought to you by Michael Sanders. Michael, what do you got? Man, you always put me on the hot seat. All right. I don't think we put you on the hot seat. I think you just have a lot of unpopular opinions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yes, this is my unpopular opinion today, but I am standing on it. And I'm really interested to see how what you guys think about it. I think I might know. Here it goes, ladies and gentlemen. I, Michael Sanders, am not responsible for helping any family member, including my mother, out financially. You see, this is what's wrong with people. They got a little money. <laughs> they get a little money and they move to that big apartment in the, on the east side. Bougie. And forget, and bougie. And forget where they in came the from. Just and forget where they came from. No, I Michael, absolutely totally that, disagree. Michael looks down at people like, you peasants. <laughs> That's funny because who is the person who calls us peasants in the text thread? Actually, it's Adrian. Exactly. <laughs> Oh gosh! Okay, I, I I felt. Go ahead and give it to me. I'm I'm ready. Take it. What? First of all, I think that we there is a sense of obligation and duty to help out family members from time to time. Maybe not to the extent that you are literally being their lifeline, but I think there is a sense of a sense of obligation and duty if you have the means to help someone, especially in very very tough situations. So there is again, given this, what we talked about today um, about with Americans not having a lot in their savings. So if there's an unexpected bill, um, if there's a crisis, Christmas presents, 
uh, birthday celebrations, all those things. I think that that I think there's nothing wrong, especially if you have the means to do so. Uh, and I do so cheerfully because the Bible says that. Uh, <laughs> John three sixteen. <laughs> that um, that there is no expectation of return. So I don't actually don't mind helping out my family members. Now there are some out there who disagree to the level that I do, but I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and I know that I now have worked really really hard to get a good education, and I have a pretty okay job, um, and I'm by no means wealthy or anything like that. But I actually do feel good on the inside that I have the ability to help out friends and families uh, when they come to me for a need. And it's not just exclusive to uh, um, family. I've done that well with friends. All right. That's well, why I you'll mean, be poor the rest of your life. Jamal, I don't agree. I, yeah. It does say, John 316 does say that it is easier for a uh, rich man to enter in through the eye of a needle than to get to heaven, or a camel to enter through an eye of a needle yeah. than a rich man to get to heaven. Exactly. So, okay. I'll die poor. <laughs> but so I, no, I, going right I, I, I don't there, agree. Is there going to be a VIP, though? And I'm no, there's not going to be. Well, if there's a VIP, we all know who's going to be there. Me? <laughs> I'll be sitting right next to Black Jesus. No, I'm going to be next to Puffy. <laughs> all right, go ahead. What, what do you yeah, agree with? I, I, don't, I don't agree with you, Mike, just because Damn, no, I know. I'm, I'm by myself. Like, if my sister were to call, you know, at the drop of, and it's my younger sister, and you understand the, the relationship, I took care of her from birth to two before I entered care. So my loyalty is I will do whatever you ask, yep. whatever you need. Uh, so if she, she can call me today and I'll be like, yep, let me find it. Because I, I might think, not have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, like if, so even if, it, even if you can't do it or can't afford it, yeah. even if it's taken away from your, your wife and kids. That all depends. I mean, it really depends on what the true need is. If, it, if, it, if she doesn't need it immediately, then... I'll, I'll definitely try to find it or find a resource. But, you know, giving is not always about money. What resources can I connect her with that's going to help her situation? I'm going to give her some advice. Go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true person on high. A true person down. that looks down. <laughs> no, so. On let me, no, man, you're unpopular today, man. Because, man, look. <laughs> I, I, I know, but let me, let me briefly kind of. Set the set the context for why you're so hateful in a Scrooge McDuck or Ebenezer Scrooge. I don't I don't disagree with anything that you guys say. I think what I am trying to articulate is that um, oftentimes we enable family members to continue to make really really bad decisions financially. And then we bail them out time and time again. And so a lot of times when family members, uh, you know, when you say an unexpected bill, well. Why was it unexpected? I, I think that if you're thoughtful... Because they got a lot of kids, and those kids didn't turn those lights off, so that bill was higher than they expected. Mm -hmm. Yep, and they should have had... <laughs> Good point. They, they should have bought a box of condoms um, that is a lot cheaper. <laughs> Where did lights in <laughs> Because you have a lot of kids. Thread. Or, or train the kids up in the way they should go, as John 3.16 says, <laughs> turn the lights off, you know? So we, we I think... I think a part of, of, of really what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it, it, I, I do believe in helping family uh, and friends, and I actually do. I think that, you know, sometimes uh, people can take your kindness for weakness. People can assume that because you, you know, have money or whatever. There were a lot of things that people who think that I have money, first of all, they think that I have way more money than I actually have. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> I think, you know, there are family members that think I'm a billionaire and I'm not even close to being a millionaire or anything <laughs> of the sort, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I am, I'm comfortable. Um, 
but they oftentimes too don't realize the things that I had to sacrifice and to save um, and to invest to get to the point where I am. And I'm really not that much further ahead. And so as opposed to constantly giving them money, which they would always ask, because I know if they ask once, they're going to ask again and again and again, mm -hmm. um, that I give them advice. I say, I can set them up. I can help them to, with whatever their budget is, to find ways to save, to find ways to make it, to find ways to get whatever you want. You may not be able to get it today, you know, but if you, you know, I can help you to develop a plan that six months from now you can have that or a year from now you can actually have that. And the interesting thing that I find with a lot of them is that they're not interested in that. They just want me to give them $100 or whatever it is as opposed to giving them the way to where they don't have to ask for $100 from anybody again. And yeah, that, that's What's the saying? Teach a man, a fish? Teach a man how to fish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but the problem with that is that there, at the time, there is an immediate need and an investment lesson or market strategy or advice does not solve the need or and sometimes want uh, to fix whatever is going on. And so I've, I received a lot of flack, uh, especially when I was younger. Um, and even though I made a little bit of money. Um, I wasn't making a lot of money, um, but at 19 years old, I remember I was wake, I was making fifty thousand dollars a year, which is a lot of money for a 19 year old because I was an assistant manager what? at a restaurant. Right? That's that's how <laughs> I was before I made fifty thousand. <laughs> and I've squandered that opportunity. I got fired from that job. <laughs> but nonetheless, that's a that's another story for another day. But what I'm saying is, at that time, I knew I had the means and the resources to help out family members. It wasn't that I was worried about them constantly coming to the well. It was that my sisters. Uh, had children and I knew that they were struggling and I did not mind helping them out because I knew that as our, because of the way our family dynamics are set up, we are all we had. We don't have a mother who has a job or we didn't have grandparents that we could maybe call on or even an uncle or someone that we can say, hey, can I brawl here or can you float me to this, that and the other so on and so forth. We literally are all we had. And so um, I think that sometimes when you have that type of family dynamic situation, I think you think about helping out your family very, very mm -hmm. differently. So. Yeah. And, and I agree. Again, I, I don't mind helping out family, but I think that, you know, helping them out is really kind of creating helping them to create a process. Um, to where this isn't a you know an ongoing thing versus just giving them, you know, to to meet that because there's there's always going to be needs. Everybody's mm -hmm. always going to have a need every single month. There's going to be a need of some sort, and so a part of this is that they have to have change the mentality to kind of begin to plan for that. But. Uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, don't don't let Adrian fool you. This bruh is rich, rich. So, the other, <laughs> no, <laughs> so he, he tried to look. We, we were, he tried to take out the garbage. So he took the garbage bag out of my garbage can <laughs> and tied it up. It was less than half full. I'm like, man, you know how much more garbage we can get in that? Well, and so you you already know. <laughs> That he is already, he rich, rich, because he used like a, a third of the garbage bag and then throw it away. Look, yeah. I, I, I realize Adrian doesn't take out his trash. No, I'm sure he has someone to actually do that I'm for him. I'm a firm believer that if once the trash can looks full, you take the trash out. Anyway. That was today's <laughs> unpopular opinion brought to you by Michael. <laughs> tune in next week. On, uh, sorry. Tune in next time for another episode of The Day Jam. All right, that's a great topic, fellas. But unfortunately, there's our cut music, so we got to go. We're out of time. Hey, we do this daily. Ha-ha, <laughs> but you only get it weekly. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Daily Jam. I know I